Today, we're happy to welcome Simone, founding partner and fund director of Borski Fund, a VC fund investing in technology leaders and diversity. Simone is supervisory board member of Royal Skiphole Group, Rabo Amsterdam, and Media Host Netherland. She previously founded The Next Women, providing access to capital, programs, resources, and networks for female entrepreneurs, and is founding investor and director of The Next Women Crowdfund. If you're listening in and love our show, drop us a review, follow the pod, and subscribe at eu.vc. Tear down this wall. It's more than just an alliance. This, this is a union of values. Of values. United and determined, we can serve as a model for other regions of the world. The nature of a problem, problem requires a European response. Europe is a story of new beginnings, new, new beginnings. Let's start acting, 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 acting. This show is not investment advice, and the hosts of this episode may be invested in the funds and companies featured. So, Simone, let's start things off with how you got into venture. Care to share that story with us? First of all, I already had a long career. So I had a career in law, then I became an entrepreneur. And then I had a portfolio career in a co- as a non-executive in a couple of listed companies. And with that, and then I um, joined uh, an organization um, focused on capacity building of, entre- of entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And with that background, I thought that venture was the logical step. Um, so in a way, I was quite late to the venture game. On the other hand, because of the thesis that we uh, that I choose, which was diversity and technology, I was a little bit early than others. So and and that and that's I think defines me that sometimes I do things a little bit earlier than others. Actually, I wanted to go in venture a little bit earlier. I wanted to go in venture when I moved to London in 2006, and uh, I met uh, Reshma Sahoni of Seedcamp. And I told her, um, you know, I really would, uh, I, w- I would like to, to join a venture firm. And Reshma said to me at the time, Simone, you're not a young MBA. You haven't sold your business yet. So um, it means that you're not ready for venture yet. So um, I took the advice and um, we uh, built the business further, uh, which I founded. We sold the business. Uh, the MBA I never did, but because I, I sold a business, I think I became more qualified. So, um, um, and that was in 2006. So in the end, the first venture firm we built was in 2015. That was a small pilot fund in order to test uh, the diversity and technology theme. And uh, the larger VC fund, which we are running now, Borski Fund, um, we launched our first, uh, we had our first close in uh, end of 2019, uh, start of 2020, 2020. So now I'd love to hear a pivotal moment in your life and how it has shaped you as an investor. As an investor, you need to be early into a certain domain, but not too early. Um, and then you need to stay on in the hard times. Um, and, um, when I look back to my uh, to the company that I built, which is was a restaurant um, technology company, which we in the end sold to TripAdvisor, you know we had really had hard times uh, in the beginning because we were at the start of user generated content, 
we were at the start of building technology to, uh, to do online bookings at the time when everybody just picked up the phone and called a restaurant. And uh, it was really hard to change our business model at the time. Um, so uh, we, we started out as a sort of uh, Dutch Sagat, which is books. Uh, um, and that was based on user-generated content, but our business model was selling books. And uh, we, we knew that that was an end game and we needed to change towards a new business model. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs that we invest in now with Borski Fund, they also sometimes need to pivot their uh, business model. And, uh, and it was really hard because uh, we made quite a lot of revenue with those books. Um, and we knew that if we were changing our business model towards a restaurant reservation system, that in the beginning, no one would really use it. You know, you needed the, the first users. And, uh, and it meant that we, that we had to, not only we had to convince our investors, but we all, they also needed to stay with us in these hard times. And changing your business model is really something uh, which, uh, which you... Uh, um, you can you need an investor who has done that before and who understands that that takes time that you should be patient that it's a sprint but also a marathon so staying as investors with a tech company in hard times i think uh, is something that i really appreciated of our investors at the time and uh, and i sometimes uh, uh, also think that we uh, should be doing that uh, with some of our companies who are uh, going to rough times because they are changing a business model which has much more opportunity. So uh, that that I think uh, shaped me as an investor. Uh, that I that I think twice uh, of uh, uh, is this the right moment to say this company is not going anywhere, or is this the moment that we just have to wait a little bit longer and be a bit more patient and uh, be there for the. The different business model. Well, the other thing, what what sh uh, shaped me as an investor, and uh, uh, and that was also my experience as an entrepreneur, is that um, we uh, we built our, a market leader in the Netherlands uh, at the time with our uh, with our company, and uh, uh, and our brand was everywhere, and we had millions and millions of people on our website, but we didn't have our own tech, and. Uh, uh, so uh, we uh, first uh, tried to uh, get our tech through a company in Sweden, but then they were also servicing other companies throughout of Europe, and uh, and they were just choosing whatever co country they thought was a, was the biggest, uh, growing the fastest, <laughs> whether they want to change the tech. And uh, in the end, what we did is we merged with a tech company, which was also based in the Netherlands, which had a good tech, but it didn't have any brands and it didn't have any following. And that merger um, uh, brought us really further. And, and, uh, and um, I see right now that there are in Europe many companies uh, of, uh, with different uh, investors who are, all, who are sometimes building the same thing in a different country. And, uh, and I wish that those investors uh, much more talk to each other and see whether they could merge those companies into a much bigger thing. So especially when you're doing something new, that re really will help you in, uh, in, in getting market share much faster, especially when the, when the incumbents are, are the large companies who are just waiting for innovations to fail or to pick them up and, and to decide themselves whether they want to uh, uh, continue. So uh, I always try to, uh, to, to, 
to talk to our, our entrepreneurs and say, you know, who, who else is building something like you are doing in another country? And it's also limited by those, by that country. And you can, you know, and who, who needs money as well, who needs to grow her team and, and, and can't you do this together? And this is something that we really should talk about much more in my view. Uh, because uh, uh, then uh, we, we, there is just so much more opportunity otherwise uh, to, to build larger companies. Take a so now let's go to the take a stand section where we will ask you to comment on a quote given by another guest of ours. I don't care about diversity. I only care about investing in the best funds. And what is the best candidates? I think that's something you you always have to think about. What is the best? Is that the best for innovation purposes? The best from financial purposes? Um, is it the best uh, uh, for the short term? Is it the best for the long term? Um, and so um, you know, there, 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 there. The definition of best is something to uh, to talk about. Um, uh, the de- definition of diversity is much clearer. You know, if you if you invest in in diversity in a diverse entrepreneurs or in diverse innovations or or, or in diverse uh, stages of a company, then everybody knows that you are spreading your risk and you have more opportunities uh, as opposed to being uh, you know copy the herd mentality of, of a lot of other investors. I mean. If you look at the the the, the diversity uh, landscape in Europe, you know there are not enough funds who invest in women. Um, there are not enough funds who invest in innovations by women. Uh, there are not enough female LPs, and uh, and governments themselves they don't have a diversity policy. At best, they have a diversity policy for everything outside of Europe, but for for Europe itself, you know it's it's we are in the in the in the beginning of the stages and. And um, if you want to build a world where, um, you know, you invest in the best innovations and you invest in um, a, a world wh- where we do not only uh, uh, want to become rich, but we also want to be healthy and we also want to be educated and we also want to have um, uh, happy children and we also, um, you know, want to uh, ha- have, a, have a society uh, which, uh, uh, in the end, uh, um, is not only defined by money. Uh, then I think then um, you would qualify best something different. Um, and uh, and it could very well be that if someone says the best funds are the funds which are, uh, for example, you say financial is the only driver that I have, then it could very well be that you end up with uh, companies. Um, uh, that m- might not give you a healthy society, might not give you a, um, uh, a, a sustainable society, and, and all these things. So I think the, the phrase is, is, is a too simple phrase. For me, diversity means that you are looking at innovations of, you know, invented by women uh, or invented by uh, men and women. And if you have a room for full of um, men and women and you will ask the women you know what is the biggest problem with, that we need to solve then probably you will end up with different problems 
than when you would ask the man in that room what is the biggest problem that uh, we need to solve. And if you ask the men and women together, you know, what is the biggest problem that we need to solve, they come up with different things as well. So, you know, gender and uh, people from different backgrounds and 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 diverse me diverse uh, diversity in thinking means that you at least innovate uh, on the full spectrum and and that's why I, I think everybody should care about diversity because then you will have the best funds from a, a multi-purpose perspective. But there's also something that I particularly found super interesting, which is how diverse your own LP base is. And if I kind of open up the kimono a bit and share with you like something that I am thinking about more and more with our own investing activity is, are we attracting diverse investors to invest with us? Yes, no. Well, the answer is actually, I think, not enough yet. Uh, and so how can we do better? How can we attract more diverse profiles to invest with us? And so you have an amazing accolade, in my opinion, which is, if I if I have the number right, roughly three quarters of your LPs are female, which is amazing. So I'd love to, I'd love to ask you a very, very kind of concrete question there. How did you succeed in doing that? How did that come to be? And any, uh, any lessons you can share with us there? When you look at our individual LPs, um, 70% of them are women. And... Uh, Actually, we always talk about how do we get more men interested in this uh, topic. <laughs> so the exact opposite, and uh, and uh, the the uh, the first movers uh, among the men are uh, the men who have daughters, and especially them uh, those who uh, have daughters who study uh, techni- technical uh, subjects at university, and who are entrepreneurial. Uh, they're really interested in uh, understanding, uh, you know, how can we move the needle in uh, innovation uh, uh, invented by uh, women uh, or by diverse teams. Uh, but uh, on the female LPs, um, so uh, what we did is we we thought, um, if you look at the M, I'm, now I'm talking about the individual LPs. Um, so we know that people who want to uh, invest in venture are... Uh, are, are people most of the time who have sold their own business. Um, they are the ones who are uh, have that risk appetite for uh, venture. Um, so uh, what we've done long ago, even before um, we uh, built a fund, is uh, we have um, um, started a community with women who are building large businesses uh, and who in the end uh, are building those businesses to sell them. Many of those women have built businesses without venture capital. So um, uh, if, so already, if you look to people who are building businesses, many of them are building businesses without venture capital and, 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 and based on their cash flow or with a, with a bank loan or what have you. Um, uh, but when they sell their business, they um, do are the ones who have that risk appetite for venture but it's very new for a lot of women. Most of the time, they are in a network, not with other women who are in venture. So for them, it's a, it's really the first or the second funds that they are that they are investing in. So we've really built that community among women who have built their own company, who have sold that company, and then are thinking, okay, how am I going to invest? Um, my money and how am I going to invest in the next generation? Um, 
And we've been quite careful in building that uh, community. Um, it's called the Next Women 100. Uh, and uh, these are women um, who are, you know, who, who are going through the motions of a small company to a larger company to, in the end, uh, selling their business, whether it's to private equity or to a strategic uh, uh, party. But um, so those are the women that we have uh, built a community with. Um, the second layer of women are the women in finance that we saw. These are women who may might have run a bank or they might have been really senior in uh, some financial institution and who understands the risk appetite which goes with venture. And that's also a group that we've had um, been uh, connected with, that we've, 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 we've networked with. Was that intentional or was that a, a happenstance? Um, well, when I, when, after the, uh, uh, when I sold my business, I started to do this capacity building for entrepreneurs. Um, we've, we've, we started to, to, uh, uh, to um, group those people, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people in finance. And we soon saw also uh, that there also the hurdles of entrepreneurs is access to finance. Uh, so, and going with access to finance, we... Uh, we created a network where not only you are have the entrepreneurs, but you also have the people who finance those uh, entrepreneurs. So it was intentional in that in that respect. Uh, the uh, when I started when I when I started the fund Borski Fund, I, I really needed an anchor investor, and uh, the and that was quite hard in the beginning because we knew that if we want to build this fund and we want to have a 50, 40, 50 million fund then you, your first close needs to be quite high. With uh, 75 female LPs, um, many of them for whom it was the first fund, uh, they, they would not um, be able to, um, to be that cushion for the first uh, 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 fund. So uh, my first um, visit was to London to Atomico. Uh, they just had uh, released their report on... Uh, uh, the status of Europe uh, in finance. And uh, one of their conclusions was that uh, the percentage of funding to uh, female entrepreneurs was uh, below the 2%. So I thought, ah, this is a real great uh, opportunity for them then to invest in diversity. I, I was really too early. <laughs> <laughs> you were too early with Atomico there? No, well, we in the end they didn't invest in us at the time because they didn't even they did they they had their report but they didn't think about investing in diversity and they didn't have that investment thesis yet and I had the investment thesis and they were like yeah I know we we, we this was our conclusion but we never thought about doing it something about it ourselves and and I said but you can be our anchor investor and then we you know and then I. And, and then we can start, you know, we, we have the first fund in Europe and you be the anchor investor. But they said, well, we don't have that investor thesis now. Now they have one, but that was after our final close. Uh, uh, so I know that they are investing in Ad Adventures and there are a couple of others because in the end, you know, they had that investor thesis, but at the time they didn't have it yet. So I was I was really early, but at least, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that they have that thesis. So I hope I can get back to them. Uh, with <laughs> I am starting. So a year ago and one and a half or two years ago, I felt that we had a really good wave going on. Whenever you set something about doing something focused on women in venture, you'd always uh, receive good, uh, you know, uh, backing for it. Many people would want to be involved in this space and so on. 
last week, lastly, I think the last six months or so, I've, I kind of feel like I've been getting more, more reactions that point in the direction of, ah, but is, is there enough in that? Is there, isn't it, don't we have enough doing conferences in that space? Don't we have enough doing, doing media for that space? Don't we have enough funds now that are women, women focused and so on? What's your take on that? Because it, 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 it has come to, to a, as a surprise to me the last, last six months, really, that it, it kind of feels like some people have become saturated. I totally get that because the narrative, we are also, there, there, there are quite a few funds uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, who started uh, also with uh, small funds and then uh, with uh, um, pivotal ventures of Melinda Gates. I wish we had a Melinda Gates in Europe. Um, you know, they really were able to make that second step. Uh, and um, uh, But um, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are not great. So um, it could very well be that there are more people who understand it. So we, we, you know, so awareness is quite high that we need to have more innovation focused on women, that we need to focus on women's health. Um, uh, but if you look to the numbers, it's we are really in the in the beginning of investing in that space, um, and, uh, uh, and 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 so uh, it is true. So we are always talking about what would the narrative, what should the narrative be? You know, let let's not talk about um, investing in female entrepreneurs, but let's talk about investing in in female innovation, or let's talk about that our our own portfolio is AI driven and it's data driven and that we like diverse teams, something like that. So the narrative is something is always something that that yeah, you 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 need to, you know, it's a marathon, so you need to stay the course, but sometimes in order to convince people, you also should show the other sides of your thesis, which could be technology, AI, data, uh, hardware, software, what have you. That's also what I'm seeing more pivoting towards because it's been too much of a focal point of everyone. Um, I think that, that that's a smart move for many of the VCs that are that are building in this space. I have one quick question I want to ask you, and that is if if you believe that there's something that exists that might be called like a media to reality gap, meaning that there's so much media about this problem and 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 every time someone does something concrete about this space it's very quickly uh very publicized uh but on the other hand fact of the matter is that we the, the two percent mark is not really changing um and i i'm wondering if, if are we doing ourselves a disservice with uh bringing so much light on the uh successful entrepreneurs and the successful VC funds being raised for this space so that people get complacent because they think that, well, now it must be solved uh, or now, okay, we're hearing enough about it. So I don't think we need more of that. Do you think that there's something to that or or not? I've just been wondering, you know, as a... Well, it's true that, you know, that um, you don't want something to be a hype because even hype needs persistence. Eh? Everything what is hyped, it's, uh, it's, eh, if you look to what is it, automated driving, or if you look to eating uh, less meat or uh, uh, um, uh, the metaverse, you know, it seems like, oh, this is going really well and everybody's onto it. And still, you need that persistence and that sort of marathon view. Uh, so uh, you need to. Uh, uh, um, yeah, you you need to have it on top of of mind always. I mean, 
So our last investor which came into our fund was Visa Foundation. And, uh, and they are a U.S. investor and uh, they wanted to invest in a European fund and they wanted to invest in diversity. And for us, it is really a game changer as well because it's for, for us a, a U.S. investor who came in. It's, a, it's an institutional investor who, who, who requires even more data to, to build their case. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's still the only foundation in uh, of the, uh, of out of the U.S. who is investing in diversity in Europe. Uh, so in that respect, you know, we 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 must show that it's a success. But yeah, they're still the only one, and and it's the same as in as the European uh, Investment Fund. You know, they have a report now that it's really important that diversity should be a driver of some of their decisions in where they invest in in, the, in their fund of fund strategy. But now they also need to execute it. And uh, so we really should make a dif difference between awareness, strategy and execution. Um, we always we know that our, our own entrepreneurs need to do that as well. They can have a great strategy, but they still need to execute it. And, uh, and we are still in the execution phase. So maybe we should tell that their audience a little bit more. Now I'd like you to give us a shout out to a co-investor, Angel LP, for being awesome. And of course, share with us the story behind that awesomeness. If I know how many people are are, are with our firm, I, I do them a disservice if I only choose one or two, I think. I mean, if you look at our at what we're doing, we have a health committee of, of, of six women. Uh, yeah, because if you, if you focus on diversity, then 30% of your deal flow will be in health. So we established the health committee, six individuals, um, and then we have an advisory board and an investment advisory committee. So there are quite a, a lot of people. Um, yeah, maybe uh, if I, you know, you always have to start, and there, are, and um, and there are actually three people I think who were probably pivotal, or maybe four uh, to this uh, at the start. Um, one was was my co-founder Laura, who um, uh, even though she has, she has already built multiple funds in the clean tech and was um, uh, and 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 start green capital has has around 500 million under management in several funds. She still wanted to um, take the risk in going to an into a new vertical. Um, so uh, I think a shout out to uh, Laura Roosboom uh, in uh, being innovative and uh, being uh, a risk taker in that respect and seeing the opportunity. And, uh, and the other one uh, is uh, Sasha Engels, who at the time when I said, OK, we have this angel fund, it's only a million. You know, we prove our point. How should we do? How should we go about it for, uh, for uh, uh, the next step? She said, you know, find a business partner in here because you know, this is a long-term game and it's really good in a fund to have, to, to not be your sole GP, but have a business partner. And so, um, and I, I, I said, yeah, you were right. Uh, and, uh, and, and so uh, that, that's how, how Laura uh, came, uh, came about uh, in building this fund. And the other one was actually one of the first um, um, men who uh, I went to. He was a, it's, a, it's Erik Westerink. He was running um, Parkom at the time, a, a private equity firm, and uh, he had his office at Schiphol. And uh, I said, I came to him and I said, "Okay, um, we're ready for raising uh, our large fund now." So uh, 
are you in? Uh, because I need a couple of people who tell me, you know, if I am doing, and he said, yeah, yeah. He said, I, I'm in, if you, if you are raising this fund, then I am in. And, and then I said, so what's the first step that I should do? And he said, you should, you know, you should write, you should sit down this weekend, get your deadline and, um, um, and write the investment memorandum. You know, don't waste your time. Just write it because I hear what you're going to do. But if you haven't written it down, then no one is going to. Uh, uh, then, then it, only if you write things down, then you know what the real issues will be. And uh, and I said, oh, but I I'm going on holidays to Italy this weekend. And he said, it doesn't matter. You really should take that deadline. So that's what we did. I the first investment memorandum I wrote on the beach in Italy. Uh, in these two days, because I said you are right, he was he was a you know a, a managing partner of a major PE firm, and uh, I just took that advice and I said I'm going to do this, you know, and uh, and so you need sometimes promoters and people who set deadlines for you, and then um, uh, and they will uh, then uh, 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 follow on, and the fourth person is actually one of the banks who was the first to set the. Uh, the the uh, signature as an anchor investor. That's all. Yeah. Someone has to be the first. And uh, and I had these three banks, ABN AMRO, ING, and Raybo together, which was, was already quite unique that they wanted to invest in diversity and that they would join to do this. And uh, and you know and a lot of things which you do, which is very risky or which is new. You know sometimes you can do it better in a corporation than than try to be the only one. So I had them all and they wanted, but they were, there was no one who wanted to, to, uh, to put that first signature down. And, uh, and uh, Mirelle Pennings, uh, who uh, is from Rabo, she was the first who, who I said at one point, you know, I need someone who then just takes that extra step. We've done the whole due diligence. We have the documentation. You know, we can negotiate on and on and on. But who is making this first signature? And I called upon her. Uh, to do this, uh, and um, uh, and that was uh, uh, so. I, that's a shout out. And can I have one last shout out? And it's actually to our queen, because Maxima was um, advocating for diversity and technology already uh, as a as a special uh, envoy for uh, the United Nations in a lot of countries outside of Europe. And she always said, I don't understand, outside of Europe, we always say, if you invest in a woman, you invest in a village, you invest in a country, and, uh, and, and everybody accepts this outside of Europe, why don't we accept that in Europe? And uh, so she uh, was pivotal for that, and, uh, and I was really happy that with our first launch, she came along to celebrate our first uh, launch of our fund, so of our Borski fund. So also a big shout out that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you need uh, you need more people who are uh, advocating <laughs> to get started. I think this proves that uh, it takes a village. I know. I'd love to ask you to share with us the three biggest learnings from the last 10 years in your life. Yeah. So my first learning is hard work and deadlines make sense. Um, the second one is uh, it's good to have a stable family and the third one is uh, great innovations they need money and now let's unpack the first one hard work 
and deadlines make sense. You just said it before you had, you set yourself the deadline that I need to write this by Monday and I'm going to Italy. So I need to write my investment memorandum on the beach. So I did, but I'm guessing it permeates other parts of your life as well. So I'd love to hear that, uh, that, that, uh, it was a deadline uh, when I was in my 20s, which uh, said, you know, you can apply for a LLM in New York at the time when I, I didn't even know where New York. I mean, now every teenager has been to New York uh, before <laughs> to celebrate uh, that they go to high school. Uh, but at the time, uh, you know, no one knew uh, what New York was. And I, 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 there was a deadline at, at my university that you could apply for a university. It was called Columbia University. I, I didn't know whether it was a country or whether it was a university. And, uh, and I said, oh, uh, when is this? And I, I went to my professor and I said, it seems like a real great opportunity. I'm going to apply. Are you ready uh, also to to give me some letter to uh, of recommendation, so that was uh, um, a deadline in my life where which uh, really made a difference because uh, coming from Europe, uh, landing in New York in uh, the end of the eighties, it was a it was a it was a situation where you know life was still uh, what is it how you would say it makeable and. Uh, uh, opportunities were were there, and um, uh, and uh, so that deadline really changed uh, my life as well, um, uh, because uh, in New York I I encountered uh, something like the Zagat, which was a restaurant guide, even though I was trained as a lawyer, and that was going to be my my next uh, adventure after my uh, my law career. So that 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 that. That small deadline really made a big change in my uh, my life. Um, I uh, I even met my husband in in in, in New York, uh, so uh, it it changed also my my private life. And uh, um, so deadlines matter, and uh, and and hard work. Yeah, everybody knows that. That's that, that, you know. And and now I need to dive into the second one, which is very close to my heart. So I, I think our many in our audience will know that I, you know, my family and, and myself, we, we, we packed up the tent and moved back to, uh, <laughs> to my wife's uh, close ecosystem because that's what we needed for us to have a good, stable life. So that's SPR. So that is what I always say. So everyone, when I talk to the VC ecosystem, everyone expects that I'm in Copenhagen because I'm in Denmark, right? And then I'm always like, well, in fact, good that you're in Copenhagen, but it's a three-hour drive for me, so maybe we won't see each other this time, right? Um, and 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 just to say, right, I have nothing to do with, with with the rest of what's going on in Denmark because I am trying to keep a stable life for my family at the same time as I'm trying to put in as many hours as possible into UVC, and in three hours on the road is not exactly high on my priority list. Then, so I love to hear what you mean when you say it's good to have a stable family. Um, stability is a good cushion for being innovative to try out new things to um, to accelerate um, and also to slow down and um, and you and and uh, for me uh, a stable a family uh, is that cushion to accelerate to slow down to um, be um, realistic about things to uh, to uh, uh, to to set priorities and not always make yourself the priority. 
um, and, uh, and 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 it and and in the end, it, that is really healthy. Um, as an entrepreneur, uh, I see all the time um, in uh, uh, in also in our portfolio and in our deal flow that uh, you know it really takes a lot of a toll to to be an entrepreneur. And, uh, and, uh, and, but also as an investor, as a VC, you know, you, and you have to have your network, you need to communicate with your LPs and your, your portfolio, then the deal flow, it's a, you know, you're sort of a 24 uh, seven um, uh, uh, activity, but at the same time, uh, you need to have that stability in order to, to be able to do that long-term uh, because uh, that's, that's what it takes, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and a stable family, uh, yeah, it does help me uh, to, uh, to 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 keep my feet on the ground in a way. Uh, and I uh, and I and we more and more see that this is an important topic for entrepreneurs to talk about. Uh, you know, I I also I also was raised and educated in a time where we didn't talk about our private life at all. Uh, it was you were not supposed to do it, not even as a woman. It was even rare to to, to do that. And more and more, I see that we need to make that a topic of uh, of entrepreneurship, of, of 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 the investment landscape, of uh, a lot of things that we do. Uh, you know, how can you get some of the stability uh, in your family, and whether it's your own family or your or the or the family you come from, or the family that you are attached to, or that doesn't really matter. You know. Um, uh, or and and it might even be the family which is your your team in your in your uh, in your enterprise, but uh, some stability I think uh, really uh, is needed and we need to talk about it more and uh, and I also find it sometimes really difficult uh, to uh, to talk about that because I'm also not educated for that but I I'm I'm glad at least that my daughters have have less. <laughs> issues with uh, with that so the next generation is ready for that to uh, to talk about instability stability it's curious how many still struggle to talk about it right and 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 it, to me you know when we're investing in people and teams it's so obvious that if you're investing in something or someone whose foundation is not solid yeah. doesn't matter they're not going to be able to to pull it through if if everything falls down around them. Um, so I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. <laughs> and now the quick fire. And now it's time for the quick fire round, where we ask you three quick answer questions. So, Simone, if you were stranded on a desert island, what book, disc, and luxury item would you bring with you? Ah, okay. So, as a book, I would bring a biography of Jana Biruma-Oosting, who is a great uh, a female artist from the Netherlands. And I would uh, have a book uh, played out in the city of Philip Roth. Um, as a disc, I would bring a disc with... Uh, uh, stories and uh, all the chit chat and uh, the serious things uh, of my daughters in their WhatsApp group, which I'm not part of, but I would love to listen more in. And as a, some good food, I would take the um, uh, foie gras, but then the vegetarian version, which is uh, developed by a French startup. 
that is true commitment to before you've even tasted the French startups, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're ready to commit to bringing that one to the desert island. I think, I think that is that is commitment to innovation. Simone, what advice would you give your 10 year younger self? Yeah, for me, it's there is always a time to start something new, and uh, you know, keep learning. Uh, try to get your learning curve. Uh, uh, in a upwards uh, momentum that uh, I think um, uh, it's uh, yeah I think that's important I think when you look back you when you're when you are a certain age you always think oh I'm too old to do this and do that and then 10 years later you're you're sometimes think oh, why didn't I do that I was so young then uh, and uh, I think we should tell each other much more you know you're never too old to start something new and keep learning what are your top tips for emerging VCs across Europe who are fundraising? So if I talk about emerging VCs, a lot of women and uh, uh, who are starting uh, trying to start a fund and, uh, uh, and you will get a lot of no's and to accept the no's uh, and don't count this as something personal is, is, uh, is something um, that you need to learn. So accept the no's. Um, you know, coming back to what we said earlier is uh, set yourself a deadline. Um, and uh, that deadline could be, you know, um, a sub deadline, like, like build your pipeline. That's the deadline. Uh, call everybody. That's a deadline. Uh, uh, a deadline when you really want someone to say yes or no. It's a deadline. But set yourself deadlines. And uh, for me, uh, it was always uh, important to get a good promoter um, uh, and not be you know, not the only, you're not the only one uh, who, who, who is, wants something. In a, in a normal sales uh, pipeline, you need promoters and you need others to, uh, to, uh, to, to, vo to be vocal about you. So get a good promoter is, uh, is my third uh, tip. Accept the no's, set yourself a deadline or multiple deadlines and uh, get a good uh, promoter. What is the most counterintuitive thing you've learned since you've been in venture? Looking at technology teams, that some tech, even some technology, you know, super nerds, are good salespeople, and uh, um, but they sometimes don't even know it themselves, um, and uh, and that is and that's and that is you know, it's also counterintuitive. Uh, for uh, for some of these people, they just, uh, some of these entrepreneurs, they've been so into 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 science or something that a sales job feels feels not as uh, educated. <laughs> so they don't even dare. But uh, so even tech teams they can sell, and even tech nerds can sell. And uh, and uh, I think uh, that's that's for it. it it's counterintuitive, not only for me, but also for the for some of the tech nerds themselves. All right, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode of the European VC podcast, drop us a review, follow the pod, and subscribe at eu.vc. I am David, the LP Syndicate lead, joined by my dear co-host, Andreas the Hype Man. Thank you so much for tuning in today and can't wait to see you all out there. How are you currently reporting to your LPs? Is fund administration taking hours? Are you getting lost in spreadsheet version control? Well, Flow solves all of these issues and more, allowing you to unlock the power of your fund's data by consolidating your work streams onto Flow. 
Book a demo to learn about Flow's portfolio and fund management features and transaction infrastructure at flow.io forward slash VC. F-L-O-W-W dot I-O forward slash VC. Tear down this wall. It's more than just an alliance. This, this is a union of values, values, values. United and determined. We can serve as a model for other regions of the world. The nature of a problem, problem requires a European response. Europe is a story of new beginnings, new, new beginnings. Let's start acting. 